fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Energetic Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely, Dr. H, if you prefer, and it's so good to be here with you. Folks, today, incredible show. We're going to just jump right into it. Incredible show with Kevin Jenkins, me and him. We're just having a conversation, two brothers having real talk about some things going on. We're going to talk about the credit the women in this movement deserve, all right? And we're not pandering, we're stating a fact. Credit for work well done. We're going to talk about this feud going on, and it's not really a feud from Dr. Bregan's side. I know a little bit more behind the scenes, folks, but we're going to talk about this thing going on between Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter Bregan, right? And why we want to stay focused on the mission. It's okay to listen to a little bit of a dust up. We're going to have some back and forth and some rattling each other's cages a little bit. We got to be open to the challenges, right? I'm, I'm open to anybody that wants to challenge me on the merits of what I'm saying. And I know Dr. Peter Bregan is as well. I want to say to you folks, we have to make sure that once we've had that little dust up, we come back together and we get focused on the mission. We're going to talk about that today. We're also going to get into, oh yeah, my school, Energetic Health Institute, just got deplatformed for no reason, no justification, of course, on uh, YouTube. So guess what? That's a nice little retaliation for the grand jury petition. All right, it's on and popping. Let's get it going. We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk also about where do we go from here? And there was an incredible comment. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's an incredible comment that Kevin makes late in the broadcast. You want to stick around for it because it's about censorship and it's so over target. It's the most brilliant thing I've heard on it in the last two and a half years. So without any further ado, oh, I almost forgot. What am I grateful for? You know what I'm grateful for today, folks? I'm grateful for the heroes that have been here from day one. And that's not to say the folks that have woken up and started to support what we're doing aren't huge, important, very welcome. We love you. We need you. Keep it coming. But I'm just here to say big high five, super shout out to every single person who's been over target from day one on this issue. I know who you are. You know who you are. Let's make sure we give those people some due along the way because they're kind of getting pushed to the side a little bit for all these new bigger names and people that have woken up and figured out that the shots are bad. Newsflash, spoiler alert, we knew that before they were ever released, okay? So welcome to the party, pal, to take a quote from, what's the guy from Die Hard? What's his character's name? I forget, but you know the scene I'm talking about where he's, welcome to the party, pal. That's how I feel about all this. So anyway, without any further ado, we want to get right into it. Let's jump into the conversation in progress between myself and Kevin Jenkins, Real Talk. I'm here as promised with the great Kevin Jenkins. Now, I want you all to know, I give the great as a 
as a title, a moniker before the name for only a handful of people. You'll hear me say that with folks like the great, you know, Dr. Judy Mikovits, the great Dr. Peter McCullough, the great Tom Renz, the great Pam Pop. You know, there's these people out there that have done it. They've been doing the work. They've done it. One of my favorite things about my dear brother right here is that he has put in hundreds of thousands of miles in bringing people together in the pursuit of one mission, freedom. And that's why he is the great Kevin Jenkins. Brother, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, man. That was so kind of you. I mean, you know, when you bestow the word great on someone, boy, I'm in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is well earned, more than deserved. And I think, you know, one of my favorite things is always, you know, when people show you who they are, believe them, right? right? You have shown us in this country who you are since day one on this. I believe you. <laughs> you know what oh, I'm saying? Thanks, I so that. thank you for doing everything that you've done. Thank you for doing everything you're doing. I know you you have a, a major role with the Zelenko uh, Freedom Foundation right now. You are um, one of the head honchos in it and well earned. You know, uh, Dr. Zelenko obviously had a tremendous trust and respect for you and he chose, couldn't have chose a better person, in my opinion. Well, you know, thank to carry you for those legacy. kind words. Well, you know how I feel about you the great work you're doing in you know, the country and especially this case that you have before the grand jury and the team that you have assembled what is just incredible. I remember when you first started on this journey, people were hemming and hawing and, oh my God, I don't know if it's the time to do this and, oh, well, we don't know about it, you know, because they're all, you know, they all are gods themselves. Yeah. Uh, so here you are in the throw of all of the things um, that are going on and your case is alive. You're still pursuing it. You're setting the standard. You know, you're the benchmark now. You know, you're doing the groundwork in these cities to give people the example of how they can better pursue their legal cases. You know, some people are winning legal cases like the civil rights movement. They had hundreds and hundreds of legal cases pending at the court. You have to flood the court. And, you know, actively you do that, you'll pick up, you'll pick off one, you'll pick up one. You, you might lose two, but you might win four. That's so right. it's very interesting how, you know, legally these legal cases, people say we're not winning cases. No, we're building a case. Right. Right. Yeah, we, we're building yeah, a case. The wins, the wins come, you know, whenever that breakthrough watershed moment is it, it'll, it'll happen. And, and we will celebrate with whoever that is. Right. You know, this isn't about anybody's ego. It shouldn't be about anyone's ego or fame or anything it should be about the collective celebration of freedom. Right. That's what this is. So I've had this conversation with Tom, Tom Renz. I've had this conversation with Dr. David Martin. I've had this conversation with other legal teams. Uh, uh, Warner Mendenhall's doing some great stuff. Uh, Stephen Jonkus, who's working on our case, is doing some great stuff. Anyone who wins, we celebrate and we celebrate it as it should be a victory for everyone. Right. That's what this is about. So I actually think you're absolutely right about that. I mean, that's that's what we do as a family. We support each other. And um, we live through those experiences with each other. Like I've lived through experiences with you. You've lived through experiences with me. You know more about my family than the average person in this country does. You know, you know more about me personally than the average person in this country does. So, you know, we come from a place where we share with each other because we need to learn and evolve and grow with each other. And, and I think that, you know, you have been exemplary in making sure you work with people all around the country to bring some truth to this battle. You know, and, and I got to tell you, it's very encouraging to know 
that someone like you are out there doing that, you know, outside of your personality, you know, outside of your personal, I don't think people realize when we took on this fight, we took maybe three to $4 million of earnings off our table right then and there. Yep. Yep. Right off I mean, the bat. People don't understand, you know, I wasn't sitting on the side of the road, you know, with my thumb in my mouth, you know, we were about business, you know, we were engaged in business, you know, we have ebbs and flows, but we were about business. So I, I, and I just, I commend all of the people in this country that have came out and started to fight and have been fighting. And, you know, you have some new people joining us now and maybe they'll understand how and why we're doing what we're doing outside of saving humanity. We're talking about saving children. Mm-hmm. So if you're not talking about saving children and, and all the things that we're talking about, right? I mean, this is useless because we're, we're paving the way for a better world. So you can't do it without your children. Amen. So, so for me, that's what highly motivates me. Nothing else really motivates me. I'm not interested in my Twitter. I'm not interested in my Instagram. I'm not interested in anything. <laughs> I'm interested in what do I do to preserve life for my children, for my grandchildren. I'm going to be a grandfather again. So for me, it's about that. I see, look, I watch everyone like they watch me and everybody's having these very, very tremendous conversations about, you know, the, the experimental biologic and it's so impassioned and, and I'm really admiring all of it. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, that's not the point. The point is, let's do this, let's win this, but make sure we understand why we're doing this. Remembering the mission is so, so key to this. You know, <clears throat> we have four rules on the teams that I, I lead. And we have them there to keep things very simple, keep everybody on the same page, because we come from so many diverse backgrounds and we have very passionate, strong opinions. And you need that passion to drive that volunteer activism, you know, work that when you're up till three in the morning, you know, and it's getting late and you're like, I'm tired. Why am I doing this? That you still get up there and do it. Right. Number one, be kind. Number two, be accurate. Number three, never put yourself above the mission. That's the big one. We're going to talk about that one today. And number four. I wish I could say the word, but you'll get it. <laughs> produce. <laughs> and well, produce. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm fascinated by the, the, human, the human experience. You know, I mean, we are imperfect in so many ways. And mm. we, you know, some of us live in perpetual fear and some of us live in perpetual victory. And, you know, and I want to live in perpetual victory. I don't want to live in perpetual fear. But we all live together. So we have to figure out, you know, not to not to describe us as tribes, but I get it, make it easier. But I'm in the victory tribe, not the fear tribe. Mm-hmm. I'm in the saving the planet tribe, you know, not the killing children tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm into, you know, fairness and honor and morals and principles, not satanic behavior that's destructing the family. Mm-hmm. So for me, you know. Sometimes I can say this eloquently and sometimes I can't because, you know, we talk for a living and we, you know, we ain't Babe Ruth, you know, (laughs) you can't come across crystal clear. But but at the end of the day, I think that when I emerged in this, it, it was not because of someone, you know, overly engaging me. I mean, a young man was used as an evangelist in a vessel, but it was listening to God's whisper in my ear. Mm like get up and do something, mm-hmm. move past your ego, mm-hmm. move past your fear, move past your self-centeredness mm-hmm. and find hope in other people to do things to help people find their hope. 
So for, for me, you know, when I look at this and I follow everyone because I admire them and I admire the risk that they're taking to fight for humanity, my number one thought is, do they believe what they're saying is on mission? Wow. Yeah. Tell me a little more. Do they believe that it's on mission or are they putting on a new skin to give them a new glory? You see what well, I'm saying? So are you, you know, putting on a new skin yeah. or are you out of this club because you got kicked out of this club and now we're embracing you in this club, but you're using the same methodology and your old skin and a new skin, which causes a problem when we're trying to save humanity and move past the skin to something that embraces something deeper um, than, our, than we are, something greater than we are. So think about that. So I'm watching people taking on one, leaving one, leaving one skin to move in another skin, but using the same positioning that they use in the other skin that misses the point and misses the mission of this is about children and saving humanity because humanity and children go hand in hand. You know, thank you for, for focusing it right there. The mission is about our children passing on the same freedom that we were born into. Were we born into a perfect society? No. Will there ever be a perfect society in the sense of what people consider perfection? Likely not. But we can still pass on freedom. The gift that was given to us was when we were born, we were free. And if we have to pass that on, that has to continue forward, right? Or else we dishonor all the memories of all the people who sacrificed that we could have this. We just give away the most precious gift that you could ever have to people who clearly don't deserve it, right? Who clearly have nefarious and evil purposes in their hearts and everything for us. So let me let me, let me jump in. We got some topics here because I, I brought you on because there's some crazy stuff going on. And whenever there's crazy stuff going on, I like to have you here so we can have some real talk, right? <laughs> We're going to have some real talk. So what you're going to hear today is some unfiltered, unabridged, two black dudes telling you like it is. You can like it or not. Don't care. Right. We just going to say what's up. This is how we feel. This is what it is. Right. And we hope that in doing so, we can help you do the same thing. Right. The goal always to talk about these kind of things, especially things that can be a little bit controversial, make you feel a certain ways, things like that, is to make sure at the end of it, we refocus back on mission, the mission of protecting our children and, the, and their future. We're fighting for them because they're not able to fight for themselves yet. So let's jump in. Now, you've been doing, you said something to me a couple of weeks ago that I just said this was not only a tactical stroke of brilliance, it was the right thing to do. It was accurate. It was over target. It's, it's overdue. We have so many amazing women in this, if you want to call it health freedom movement, right? So many amazing women, but they oftentimes aren't getting the due that they deserve. And you said, uh-uh, we aren't going to have that. Tell everybody a little bit about that conversation and about how you are going to make sure that a lot of these women that have been sacrificing so much start getting the due that they deserve. Well, what, what, I, what, what happened was, you know, there was a period of time in the last couple of weeks, you know, that I wasn't feeling well. So I had an opportunity to really reflect on the last two and a half years and reflect on all the people that I've met and like, you know, it, it reflect on the people, all the people that were my guideposts in a sense. And what I started seeing in the last couple of weeks, I started seeing this whole patriarchal circus emerge in the medical freedom movement, mm -hmm. where, you know, the women that, you know, laid bare in the public and were 
you know, scrutinized and criminalized and incarcerated and maligned, you know, they weren't getting the mainstream stages and they were not getting, you know, the, to the places to continue to push out the information that was so appropriately pushed out by them several years ago. Everything that everybody's saying now, she, they said several years ago. They predicted this. But the patriarchal system that we live under, me being a man living it and understanding it and experiencing it, I understood what was happening. I saw the shift. So those people that had an old set of skin, right, and, and moved over to our stage, stage and put on another uh, uh, set of skin is now sounding as if they are, you know, the end all be all to the, the glorification of our victory that's emerging, which is long a long way from now. But to say that, I might be wrong, but I was watching it happening in real time. So for me, I was concerned. So, you know, being, you know, raised the way I was by a strong father, a strong mother, and a spiritual grandmother that taught me to be tough and rough, but to be divine and loving. And I understood that those were the same women that prepped me for the moment through my father's guidance to be here doing what I'm doing now. So when I first got on this journey, of course it was the women. Of course, it was the vaccine injured mothers. Of course, it was these women living in trauma and then meeting all of these other mothers, mothers that became the leaders of the movement, some incarcerated, some maligned, some threatened. I say, wait a minute, this is not how this is supposed to be. What I'm supposed to be as a part of the matriarch, I mean, the patriarchal system, when I'm out there speaking, I'm always honoring them because, you know, their seed beget another seed beget another seed. And I was a part of that. So I say, wait a minute. I think at the Zelenko Freedom Foundation, we need to set the tone. We were already developing the speaker series so we can have conversations like this. Mm -hmm. I want these kind of conversations. So what happened after that? I said, listen, we're going to honor these women. We're going to show the world that not only do we honor them, we believe them and thank them for their sacrifice. You know, some losing husbands in the middle of this, some losing marriages and for, I mean, I mean, all kinds of things. Some, you know, Karen Day was in a plane crash. That's right. Almost and lost her life. Six weeks later, she was walking in my house in, in Florida to check on me. Right. How you incredible know, is she, right? That I is, mean, yeah. That's amazing. I will never forget that. I mean, I will be completely, you know, on. I, she will never have to worry about where I'll be in the day when she has a fight. That's right. So, that's right. So, so you know, Carrie Madej is the younger one. She's the one that's leading us into the future about transhumanism and all the mm-hmm. things she's already identified that everybody's talking about now. But mm-hmm. so if you look at Judy Mikovits, if you look at Barbara Lowe Fisher, if you look at Christiane Northrop, if you look at Maureen McDonald, right? If you look at Sherry Tenpenny, I think I mentioned her name. But if you look at those women and you look at them and their history and what they gave up to fight for humanity. Can I throw Pam Popper in the ring right there, too? Hey, listen, I mean, listen, but there's many more, as many more. And there's many more, of course, you know, we, we, you know, we have, we can can keep going on. I'm talking about the women that planted the seed, that planted the seed, that planted me as a seed. That's right. All right. So I gave them honor for that. And Carrie Madej was the, the link to the future. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure that everybody had a different kind of conversation with these women, not about the issue, but about who they were as women, who they were as humans. What are some of their thoughts about some of the cultural wars that are happening? Tell us about your family. They need to know that we're human. Mm-hmm. 
They need to know that we feel because everybody is looking for a God and a hero. And these are not gods and heroes. These are just believers of life. Mm -hmm. and you, you know, know so for me, so for me, it was very easy for me to do that. I'm trying to use the Zelenko Freedom Foundation along with my partner, my brilliant partner, and Vandersteel. What I'm attempting to do is build a new arc. Build a new arc, not a foundation just to absorb money and do crap, but to build a new arc of future leaders, of future businesses, of you know, future places where our kids can be educated and, and critically think. You know, so, so at the Zelenko Freedom Foundation, that's the new arc. So for me to honor those women with the Rose Award, meaning the Rosa Parks Award, mm -hmm. right, meant something to me personally. Amen. When and, is that? I, when I, is that going to happen? I got to ask. Got to cut it. Well, when we, is when is that going to happen? We, we no, because we had the storm. We're talking about doing it December the fourth. Okay. And I got to tell you, man, I, I this has to happen because their stories are inspirational. Totally. And and so I'm excited about the fact that I have the opportunity to do this kind of work and serve these kind of people because I really am trying to develop myself as a um, servant leader and trying to understand what it takes to be a servant leader. And I think the problem with the people that are in our space sometimes, they get off mission, but they don't even understand or have a philosophy about what kind of leader they want to be. A town crier is not a leader. Kevin, I'm going to tell you there are two things that you can identify for those of the people out there that will let you know whether somebody is, is taking off a mission. Number one, when the ego gets engaged. Number two, when there's a conflict of interest. When a person's ego gets engaged, you're going to see selfish behavior. You're going to see them talking about their feelings and, and what they need and all this other stuff. When it's not about you, it's about the mission. And when there's a conflict of interest, that's even worse. Conflict of interest is somebody's gotten planted and paid and off to do all this stuff. So right. for, before we go to break, I got to we got to talk about this elephant in the room because me and you've been talking about this for over a year. OK, <laughs> and this is the first time I'm coming out saying anything about this. I've been I've, I haven't been quiet behind the scenes. Everybody knows that. But I have been quiet up front. But I have a couple of rules. You start coming after my friends. You start coming after people that I love, respect and admire, like the great Dr. Peter McCullough, the great Dr. Judy Mikovits. Now I'm going to have something to say. All right. But I'm going to have something to say with a caveat. So let's get into this. As you know, there's a big dust up right now between Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Peter Bregan. Now, if it's just between them, I say, fellas, get on the phone, figure it out. Right. Get on the phone, figure it out. If you don't like each other, that's fine. Nobody, in, there's no rule that says we all have to like each other and be kumbaya, but we do need to stay on the mission, right? We need to stay focused on what this is about, the children and making sure we pass freedom on to our children and their children and their children after that. It's very, very simple focus, right? So um, Dr. Bregan just dropped a response to a Substack article that Dr. Malone had written previously. And I really am curious about your thoughts on this whole thing and, and, and what is going on here and your insights, because usually you're so straight right over target with everything. What do you see? Well, you know, at first, when I first heard it, it reminded me, this is when I first heard it. So it has evolved into something else now. You know, the, the first time I heard it was when Peter Bregan was talking about, you know, um, Mateus Desmond. 
and talking about the whole issue of mass formation, psychosis, mm -hmm. and then attacking, and then it all became attached to, you know, um, Mr. Malone. And I, I started saying to everyone, I said, well, this is a pretty interesting conversation, right? So you got Malone, you got, you know, Peter Bregan, you got this debate that's going on. See, now where I can come from, I know how those de debates evolve. Like, remember, we talked about the Du Bois mm -hmm. and Booker T. Washington. Actually, yep, yep. We know how to, you know, we understand. If you understand that in any kind of activity like this, you're going to always have debate. And this is what we're fighting for against censorship so we can have debate, so we can talk about Right, something. right. We can talk about our differences. So I, I thought it was pretty interesting. So for me, I was like, okay, what Peter's saying, Mr. Brigham is saying that we should not be focused on the mass formation aspect of it. We should be focused on this, right? And to be fair, what this is was um, um, not 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 the not the um, on the victim. We should be focused on the people that are doing the damage. I should say, right? Like we should be focused on that. And then it led into Malone, then being challenged uh, about his position in the industry of DARPA or in the industry of healthcare or in the industry. So people started challenging him on that, and then it became personal. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, I think that all of us have the right, even for myself or anybody has the right to have a bigger conversation. And if you are in, in, in it for the right reasons, it makes it's, it works out. OK. Right. So I started right. seeing that. And that's when I started saying they're not on mission. It's easy to see. Right. It's reason, reason, let me finish. So they're not on mission. So if you're not on mission, that means that we're all in jeopardy because it's not about your opinion or your opinion and your opinion, which I believe they all, all of their opinions had context, right? Because you know how I feel about opinions without context. Mm -hmm. So but now what is taken on is taken on this whole thing is I'm the victim. Mm. And I have to lash out all of these people because they're asking me questions. Well, we didn't ask you questions when we welcomed you into the family. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You didn't ask any questions. Said, you know, we didn't, you know, so, you see what I'm saying? So I've seen these dynamics all my life. So what I was hopeful for was that people would like bring calmness to the narrative and start to have a deeper logical, you know, conversation about what their positions were on these issues. And if there was something that needed to be clarified to give each one of them the opportunity to clarify, and we would have all learned something from that experience. That would have been magical. Right. Because there's that, that possible because that possibility exists, too. It's OK to scuffle. It's OK to have a little conflict work, you know, fight it out. You usually come to a greater understanding after a little bit of a dust up. Right. It's OK. But you if know? they would have done that. Right. That would have sent the message that we are unified. It right. cannot be penetrated because we have what? The spirit of God on our side. That's right. But see, group dynamics, you know driven by our personalities, because we are personalities, will always fracture something divine. Mm -hmm. You know, let's let's take a short break. I want to come back and pick this up because I have some I have some thoughts about this as well. Um, and, and this isn't the, the worst thing to, that we can do here is put ourselves in a position where we have to, um, you know, choose sides. See, that's that's what happens with it. It doesn't matter whether it's controlled op or whether it's just a person being insecure and, and a victim and things like that. If we create a situation where we have to choose sides, 
Now it doesn't matter whether it's controlled op or just some type of egoism. It doesn't matter. It has the same effect upon the, the movement. It's a distraction away from the mission. And that's where I start stepping in and going, hey, hold on a second here. You know, let's settle this. And there's an easy way to settle this. Get together, have a public debate, and let's get it on. And then after it's all said and done, let's come back together and figure out what we got to do to put it together. Let's come right back after these uh, messages, folks, with the great Kevin Jenkins. And uh, we got more to talk about. I got to talk to you about censorship and what happened in my school this week, too. I got to get your thoughts on that as well. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpidone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Cofix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. All right, everybody, welcome back. I'm here again with the great Kevin Jenkins, and we left off talking about what's going on with uh, uh, Dr. Bregan and, and Dr. Malone, right? We, we said, hey, there's something going on. It's been very public, right? We're airing, there's dirty laundry that's been aired publicly. You know, I, I've heard a little bit of the background and what's going on and what's been going on behind the scenes. I know that um, a gentleman, that I, because I don't know him and don't have a relationship, I'm not going to bring his name up but I know he's been trying to broker peace between the two. And I know that that's been unsuccessful. I've talked to another gentleman who same thing has been trying to broker peace and actually broker a debate between them and open debate. Hey, let's talk about it. It's okay. You know, one of the things I told Steve Kirsch and uh, when I was talking with him was, you know, he was like, look, I, initially I was skeptical of what you were doing with the grand jury. And I said, Steve, you had every right to be skeptical. You have every right to challenge me on what I'm saying and challenge me on what I'm doing. I have every right to defend it, but to keep the conversation on the merits and not a personal attack. So I've read what Dr. Bregan has done, and I didn't see anything personal in there. I heard, I saw accounts and recounts of things. And what I keep continually hearing from everybody that I'm talking to is that Dr. Malone refuses to debate. And that really irritates me. It really irritates me to have someone casting stones publicly and not have the stones to get into a debate with the people that they're casting stones against. You got a problem with me, you better bring it 
because I'm going to stand right where I am and I'm going to tell you, let's get on publicly and let's see if you want to dance with me. Now, Dr. Bregan has thrown down that gauntlet, I know firsthand, with Dr. Malone. And Dr. Malone has declined multiple times to join him in a vigorous debate on this idea of mass formation psychosis. And I do agree with Dr. Peter Bregan. I'm going to tell you, I'm a little biased. I do agree with Dr. Peter Bregan on this in that we cannot make these people victims and we cannot take our focus away from the small group of people who are actually criminals. I want to focus on the people who did the deed. We can heal afterwards, but I want to get those people taken care of, right? It makes sense. So when I start seeing those kind of things, I get very, very concerned. Now, I'm not here to attack Dr. Malone's integrity at all, right? Because I don't know the man, all right? But I don't like what I've seen, and I certainly don't like what I've heard, but I still give people their due. And I'm going to give Dr. Malone this shout out right now, all right? I talked to Ernest Ramirez, and Ernest Ramirez told me in private that Dr. Malone reached out to him to check on him to see how he was doing, because it's an up and down road for Ernest Ramirez. You all know the story of Ernesto Ramirez Jr. and, and killed by the Pfizer shot, right? And when I heard that, I was like, huh, that's pretty cool with Dr. Malone to do that, right? So there's got to be something good in there that is genuine. So get into a debate, Dr. Malone. Get into a debate that we can all see and we can put this stupid nonsense of mass formation psychosis to bed and get back on the mission. That's what I have to say about it. All right. But Kevin, you get the final thought on this. What do you have to say about it? Well, I mean, it's an interesting it's 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 very interesting that it's happening. But, you you know, Doc, you know, this was going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's inevitable to happen. It was yeah, bound sure. to happen. But it's how we manage it. That's that's important. I think your Amen. point's about, you know, how do we how could they have done a debate? We would have learned a lot from that discussion. We Just still can do a debate on opposite side of an issue. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can all be, you know, um, on different sides about these kinds of things. But the mission is about the children and the mission is about saving humanity. So if it's, uh, you know, if it's um, um, if it's uh, Mark, I mean, if it's um, Malone, if it's Peter Bregan, if it's, you know, Desmond. OK, some of Desmond's stuff, I understand. Because mm -hmm. I live in a community that is suffering from mass <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. I mean, I mean really, I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm being, I'm not even being cynical. I mean, what I've been seeing lately coming out of the, this subculture in the Black community is pretty damn frightening to mm -hmm. me. So, yep. I mean, in all of these experiences, you know, that's why I used to always tell people about, um, you know, when they say the medical freedom movement, I said, how do you know it's a movement? Mm. He was like, well, what do you mean? I said, you called it a movement. So how do you know it's a movement? I said, we're on the defense now. So we got to get back on the offense. So when you stay on mission, you get on the offense so you can have some victories. Mm -hmm. Right. So we can have some real clear cut victories, not short term, like the civil rights movement was. We should learn from the civil rights movement. So if all of those guys can use all of that brain power to come together to have a debate about it all, because some of Mark, what some of what Malone has done, I've agreed with. Yes. Yes. Right. I, okay. And Preda, you know, you he's he's basically a legend. He is. Right. So, so so my issue for me is like look of of the look at the missed opportunity. Amen. Right? Look at the, we did, so all of the literature and all the stuff and all of the experiences, all of our human experiences in business and life and faith 
they didn't pull that over on the other side because somebody had to be right. Thank you. See, Kevin, that's right what it is right there. Somebody, the disease that we have at times that really rears its ugly head in this movement, if you will, right, is the need to be right. I, and then we start arguing it amongst ourselves because my point is bigger than your point. And my thing with everybody is, look, why can't both people be right? We're all talking basically about the same things. Why do you have to take credit? I don't care how we win. I don't care. I don't care if it's something that my team does. I don't care if every all the work my team did has done amounts to zip. I don't care as long as we win. I know you feel the same way about that. I don't care how we win. I don't I care that we win, right? That's what this is about. So, you know, with this, I love what you said about missed opportunity. Yeah, it's a missed opportunity because just think about the the the, the story between just think about the whole story behind Du Bois and Booker T. Washington. Now that I'm a couple of months away from 60, I side with Booker T. Washington now. Uh-huh. I don't side with Du Bois. See how you evolve? Yep. You see how you evolve? So, you know, maybe six years from now, I may look at, you know, you know, the whole Desmond project and say, well, that's some bull crap. But then six years from now, I say, no, he was 100% correct. Right. So that's how, the, you see what I'm saying? And then I would say, well, Peter had a point that, okay, I get that, but we should be focusing on the demons that are doing it to the victims. Right. Not making the victims responsible, which in fact, I think a lot of us are. I could, see, you see how it cuts both ways? That's what. That's my concern with that too, is like we give into that. Yes, there are people who are have been complicit in their own ignorance. There are people who've been complicit by intention. We have people, right. plenty of people right. who've been complicit because it's been right. in their financial interest to be complicit. But I'm going to say a little secret right now, something that you guys don't want to hear. There are people in our health freedom movement that have been complicit with this as well because it's oh. profitable to them. Oh, without question, without question. And you know, and you're going to always have that. You, you're going to listen. I told. I think I talked to you about this earlier. I hope I can say it as better than I was attempting to say it. But you know, Martin Luther King was assassinated several times. Mm-hmm. He was assassinated. Explain that for our audience. Okay, so here's the deal. You know, people always talk about the civil rights movement and the movement itself. The movement was very, very messy. Movements are very, very messy. Mm-hmm. So Martin Luther King is at a major point, a pinnacle in his life. You know, the civil rights bill was passed. He knew in his heart that was just not enough. Right. That was like a Band-Aid. So he wanted to go further. And he saw traveling the country like we have. He saw the level of poverty and disconnect and pain and horror. So he said, okay, here's an opportunity for Black America and white America to get together to fight against poverty. Then he went a step further. He said, hey, listen, okay, I got that. But guess what, guys? We now have to make sure without a shadow of a doubt that we work together to build the world without war. A world without war. How? So, so what a great concept. About for, think about this for a second. So inside his inner circle at the, in the civil rights movement, all of them now wanted to brand themselves and come up with variations of who he was so they can go out and build their own constituents. While, mm-hmm. he's, still a, while he's staying on mission. Then people were saying, well, you should not step in the space of this poverty narrative or step in the space of the war. You should go and just do what we're here to do, fight for civil rights. But... Think about it. That's the same thing they told him at 28 when he did the uh, Montgomery Boys. Uh, bo- um, bus, bus boycott. Yeah, that's right. 
One so of the most that. the most successful acts of civil disobedience in United States history, by the way, everyone. A now, lot see, of lessons you, there for you know, us. I have to disagree with you. See how okay, yeah, yeah, go for say, it. I would say on the latter, you're right, but it was the worst economic tragedy in, at that time for black people in America. I'm gonna tell you why. Okay. They kept them off the bus. They 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 took themselves off the bus, boycotting <clears throat> the, the transportation system, right? Right. Broke its back, created cottage industries, created community. I mean, people be walking down the road and they put them on. I mean, built a whole, they, they built their own transportation network out of that, mo out of that moment. I and think I know where you're going. Said, and as soon as they said, you can go back to get back on the bus of the slave master, they did it. They you forgot know, Kevin, about the economic, they forgot about the economic engine that they built. So they forgot about ownership and they wanted to be inclusive, which that inclusiveness got us to the point that we are now. Well, see, now I had never considered that. Now, so th this is the great thing about disagreeing, right? If you're objective, you have the right to change your mind in the presence of new information. I'm an objective dude. You give me new information, I'm going to consider it, right? I had never looked at it through that lens. You're looking at it through this incredible lens of missed opportunity. You're right. looking at it through this incredible lens of you, we, we, we took this tragedy here, we made a statement, and then we actually did one better and created an economic engine for our own upliftment. And then we abandoned it as soon as we got what we wanted in that. Oh, that's, I never even considered that. Well, you know, you know that this is because I struggle with this, but look at what Martin was going through, the three degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope that. Yeah, that's it. And so he's having this fight. Now he has all of these personalities thinking about their future, not thinking about the mission. People and putting then, themselves above the mission. Absolutely. So then, OK, he goes out and he starts to build this campaign against poverty. Right. Basically by himself, in a sense, because nobody wanted to do that. They wanted him to stay in place. And there was a whole international narrative that was happening about Israel. Right. That was all in the midst of that. So he was losing his funding. He was losing support because he was like, no, guys, this is the next phase. Civil rights was like a Band-Aid. We have to deal with what? This poverty has happened. This disparity. This and economic look disparity. And look, and look what's happening right now. Same so thing. Now, so now he is now getting ready to speak out against the war. The final nail in the coffin. Mm-hmm. Because it was really about the poverty piece. I think that was the one that they was most concerned about. Because now he was going to organize white people and black people. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's not that's why they call him the most dangerous man in America. So now he now goes to Riverside, Riverside Church and he says, We must never wage war on another human being, basically. Check this out. Now the New York Times, the liberal class, because he was the darling of the liberal class, the darling, right. as long as he stayed in his place. So the combination of that is the three assassinations of Martin Luther King. So you're saying for everybody that he was actually killed long before he was actually killed. Emotionally, spiritually, Literally. you know, because who's he, my friend, who's not my friend, all the people that was there with me, they now don't all there because I'm taking a different position. Because he actually believed what Howard Fuller said. What was that? About the disenfranchised, the most disenfranchised people. That's what Howard Fuller was about. Using, you know, the theology of God to uplift people. 
He oppressed people. So it was not Mahatma Gandhi. Mahatma Gandhi used that tactic that he used, but it was about Howard Fuller. Well, you know, one of the things that we've always vibed really well on is, you know, you have your own independent voice. Yes, you, will, you represent the uh, Zelenko Freedom Foundation now, and, and but it doesn't change the fact that they wanted you because you have your own voice, your own strong voice. You're not here to play a political correct game. You thank God, right? You're not here to really do anything other than say, look, this is what I feel. This is what I think. This is what I am. And it's okay for us to disagree. Let's talk about it. If we disagree and if we agree, let's move, let's act on it, right? It's really simple because what is what are we doing when we disagree? We're trying to find a common ground so that we can keep moving forward on a mission, right? Great. I feel the same way, you know, I'm like, look, the reason I, I, I've been able to blessed really to be able to say, look, all my work has been volunteer is because I have other revenue streams bringing money in for my family, right? My family is taken care of. My family hasn't suffered at all through this, even though, like you said, both of us have left millions of dollars on the table because this is more important, right? Now, something just interesting just happened to the Energetic Health Institute. We filed a grand jury petition. We've been the only school I've seen out there that's been taking a really aggressive stand on this and saying, no, we will not mandate. No, we will not ask our employees what their private medical information is. No, we will not, you know, agree with this. And and yes, we are aggressively going to pursue legal action for criminal data fraud and willful misconduct in in through the grand jury system in a court of law. We we've we've done this. We're doing it right now. We have been very clear on our stance at the school and everybody on my team and everybody at the school backs me on this. Like, you know, we're a family, we're a family of a family. So we, we really, we talk about things and I'm like, hey, you know, do you all want to ride this ride with me? I got to go in this direction. They said, we're behind you 100%. Wherever you go, we're going. So we had all of our school videos and a whole lot more hosted on YouTube. And we had, you know, we have some fail safes. We're fine. But what's interesting is, uh, YouTube, we had two strikes on us. Um, we've had two strikes on us for a while, and then one strike will go all away, and then we'll load up another video and another strike will come up, you know, that game, right? So we had a strike removed in, um, in uh, late August, and we got down to one strike. So I said, okay, let's start uploading some content again. Nothing about the shots, nothing about COVID, nothing. Just put on our regular old stuff that we've been doing uh, about health and, and how to be healthy. So we started uploading those kind of videos and they hit us with another strike. And I was like, well, how do we get a strike? We didn't even mention anything. They did, they they flagged some some small phrase of one video as as um as unsafe or something like that, right? And I was like, I'm talk I was probably talking about neti pots or or cleaning out your sinuses or something. I don't know. But we got a second strike. So I said, "Okay, team, we're going to do what we normally do. Second strike comes up, upload nothing." Everything that's been on there, we had already removed some content on vaccines and things like that. And PSAs, we already removed it ourselves in November of 21, just saying, look, I'm not ready to handle this, this potential problem for the school yet. Just take it off. It's their, it's their house. We'll respect that, right? So we had already cleared stuff off. We've been playing this strike game. You know what they did? Um, we haven't uploaded anything since mid or early September. Do you know that? Yesterday, they completely deplatformed the school. Yesterday, they just completely cut it off, sent us a message. 
our whole page is gone. Every video is gone. Luckily, we had backed up everything. We were all prepared for all this. But they completely just cut us off at the knees right there. No warning, anything like that. Well, and welcome got, to the club. Well, I, I mean, I've been in the club, too. I mean, I couldn't get on, right. you, know, you, you know, Facebook and stuff like that. They, they didn't deplatform. They just wouldn't let me log in. But, um, you know, with this one, what was different about this, Kevin? And this is where I want your thoughts on it. Because for me, this is akin to Nazi Germany and book burning. They didn't just deplatform a person and their opinions. They deplatformed a school, an institution of higher education. And in my knowledge, and I, I, haven't, I, I don't know everything, but I do follow this topic very closely like you do. I haven't seen a school get deplatformed from YouTube. Have you heard of a school getting deplatformed no, before? No, never, 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 never. First of all, so, that's unique. I mean, that's unique. No, never, never. So what do you think about this and, and, and everything? And I mean, I know it's a welcome to the club moment. And you're over target and all that stuff. But what, do you, what are the historical implications for something like this if this is allowed to go on? Well, this is this is very interesting because we're always talking about communism in this country and we're always talking about socialism in this country when we look at other countries. Mm -hmm. Right. Totalitarianism when we look at other countries. Right. You know, dictatorships when we look at other countries. But now flip all of that into in this country. We have a government that has been corporatized. Right. We have a judiciary that's bought lock, stock, and barrel, right? And we have elected officials in this country that are just proxies for the corporatocracy. So we actually live in the most fragile time in history. I mean, I, I mean, it's at the top of the list. This might be more fragile than World, World War I and World War II because this is not a, just a war of, with using weapons. This is a war about consciousness. Tell me more. All right, so it's about consciousness. So think about that for a second. So they're not censoring just your words, they're censoring consciousness. I mean, that's what I think. I don't even think of it, to think of it as a, a tactic, a war tactic, is that cheapens it. We have to think of it that they are censoring consciousness, they are censoring God's creation, they are censoring, right, the very right to speak into the universe. Think about that. That should have everybody in the world up in arms. Up in arms. Like that, I hadn't thought of, see, that's why I come and ask you about things. You always drop in that deeper perspective on things, you know, and I was all like, well, the, the thing that's different about this is that, well, we didn't upload any video. All the videos that we had up there had been up there. We, we our account had been in good standing for 10 years. We're in good standing with our regulatory bodies and everything. So that's kind of funny to me that the regulatory bodies for the school are fine with it. But YouTube is like, no, that's unsafe. Right. That's, a, you know, so I'm looking at it from the standpoint of, oh, OK, this is the first school to get deplatformed. We can't let this. This is a book burning thing. You're saying let's take that up a little a level. They're trying to censor consciousness. And I think yes. when you get it to that level, it really hits home. It really does. It, it, it hits you in the mouth. Like it, it goes to the heart. Right? Because when you try to when you censor consciousness, you censor who you are as a human being. They're mm -hmm. taking what God gave to you away from you. Think We're about see, we keep looking at everything on this level. 
we clearly now, under, we, I think we all know after going through this walk in the desert in the last two years that, you know, something was upon us. But, you know, I, I just got to tell you, it's, it's just fascinating that we don't see it that way. I think people are starting to understand it. They're censoring our consciousness. Well, let, let's bring this show to a close. And it's too, too soon. It always the time flies for us and everything. Right. But um, I just want to uh, first to say thank you again for jumping on. Folks, Kevin jumped on in a moment's notice. We were just having a conversation. And I said, hey, man, why don't you come on and join me for a radio show? This is how this is how awesome this brother is. Right. <laughs> so what did what did we cover today? Because I think it's always good. I'm, I'm a teacher. I like to tell them what I'm going to tell them, tell them and then tell them what I told them. Right. That's the that's the mode. We talked about, you know, all of these wonderful women and making sure that they get their due, that it's not just men. I mean, it, this has become a very male dominated, you know, thing. And, and we're not here to pander to women. Right. Women can, can are totally capable of doing their own thing. But I think it's about recognizing this great work, you know, that it doesn't matter the genitalia that it was performed. But, you know, really, but it's, it's really about the great work that has been performed and performed acting truth for many of these people that you were recognizing for decades prior to this COVID stuff too. A lot of folks have been in this a lot longer than some of the folks that just got their eyes woke up and realized we got to do something about this. So I really applaud you and everybody at the Zlinko Freedom Foundation for, for spearheading this. It's, it's a beautiful thing. We had, a, I thought, a really good talk with uh, on Dr. Malone and Dr. Bregan, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and about, hey, let's, let's get it on and then get back on with what we got to do, which is the mission. The mission is about the children and the future. This isn't, it's not about any one of us. I tell folks, you, you know, you know, my moniker, Kev, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm nobody special, right? Like right, that's, right, that's right. it. And people go, yeah, you are. You're just, and I'm, like, I'm like, no, stop. You're not understanding what I'm saying. I'm nobody special. It's not about me. It's definitely not about my ego. It's about our children and it's about passing on freedom to them. If I got, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to make that happen. And I know you feel the same. Yeah. And then I think you hit the nail on the head, brother. <laughs> I think you hit the nail that they're trying to censor consciousness. Yes. Right. And that's, I got to go meditate on that now. So thank you for that. I know what I'm meditating on tomorrow morning now. Thank you so much. for Well, that. you know, I love this conversation because it opens me up in a different way. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I can have this conversation with you in this tone and like really reflect because I'm in a reflective mode myself right now. I'm just reflecting. Right. Like you know, I'm reflecting. I'm trying to dial in. I'm trying to keep my sanity. I'm trying to continue to be confident about what God has asked me to do and asked you to do. And I'm trying to be fair to, to, you know, myself. Fair, just fair. See, you know? because you, you, because you have an honest relationship with yourself and this isn't about you. So you can have those kind of moments. That's what I love about you. Right. So we got, we're going to end it here because I, I have one more question and just as short as you can, you know, and I know sometimes that's more difficult because you're so eloquent with all the words. Here's the thing. We, I agree with you are clearly winning, but I don't know how long it's going to take for us to get to the win finish line. Right. But we are clearly winning. We got uh, you look at the, the support on the shots, the sh support on the shots has dropped from roughly oh, yeah. about 80 percent all the way to under 35 percent in less yeah. than a year. People aren't stupid. Right. I've been telling you this for a long time. <laughs> People just aren't stupid. So here's here's my question for you, Kev. Where do we go from here? We get to work. We See, to that's work what I'm on. talking about. We get to work. That's it. We get New to work taking work. back our schools. We get to work taking back our government. We get to work by developing a new relationship with God. We get to work by moving past 
the evil narrative of hate and find the narrative of love. We we get to work. We get to work by planting new seeds, you know, of love for the for the new harvest. We get to work. That's what we do. We get to work. And if we can get to work, we don't have time to be having, you know, intellectual conversations about things that are not going to move the dial. See, that's that's what it is right there. I mean, I, I was having that great conversation with Pam Popper as well. She's like, there's a lot of great intention and a lot of, you know, unproductive action based upon that great intention. We got to get into great intention and great action. Right. right. And, and that's that's where we're heading. So we got some great stuff coming, folks. And, you know, it's time for us to put away, you know, all these distractions. Right. It doesn't matter whether to me, when people say, oh, this person's controlled op or that person's controlled op, like it, I don't care. I don't care if they're a controlled op or just insecure. The outcome is still the same. You're either on mission or you're not. Right. There's so I call there. it the Barzini factor. Why? Barzini, you know, you know, it's it's the person that's, you know, like for instance, you know, remember the Godfather when um Michael was coming home and you know, Don um Vito Colleone was saying if something should happen, my son lightning, blah, 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 blah. But when they got in the car, Tom had made a statement about the, the person that caused all of this strife and tried to kill um, Don, um, Don Vito was um, this other guy. But no, Don said, no, it was Barzini all along. Mm -hmm. So the people that brings that stuff to you, they're the Barzinis. Got it. You know, I, I think what, what we're doing right now with everybody is giving a little bit of an education on how do you identify a distraction that's going to potentially take you away from something that's productive in terms of your actions. Absolutely. And I, and I think the way you identify it is when you hear people talking about their own ego, talking about their feelings, talking about them being a victim or being hurt or whatever and stuff like that. I'm sorry, folks, everybody that's put some skin in this game has been hurt. I got stories for you that you will never hear <laughs> because I'm nobody special. And this isn't about me. This is about us. Let me say that to you again. This isn't about me. This is about us. And we have a chance to do something that I never thought possible in my entire life. We have a chance to do that right now. They're trying to censor consciousness and we get to sound back with them. Sound back in a resounding yell. No, it's that simple. But like Kevin is saying, we got to do the work. And that's what's up next. I agree with you 100%, brother. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today on Energetic Health Radio, folks. You know, we have four major challenges in, in front of us. Take no offense. Speak truth. Be selfless and remain humble. May God shine his divine light down upon you, everyone you love, and surround us all in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. See you all next week, everyone. Peace.